Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode 46 of the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast. Me and Hudson are coming at you live tonight with a little episode for you. Hudson, how was Halloween? Did you survive? Were you nervous? Looking at those Um, little kids... Not little, not that little, not that little. Just the, you know, trick or treaters. <laughs> I only saw like not a whole lot of kids out. I know there. I know in uh, Bethany there was a street designated uh, to have all the kids come down that street, and like I guess everybody kind of con- like they had like a little Halloween block party esque thing. Okay. Okay. So that was fine. Uh, then uh, went over to Doris's. And uh, I don't think any kids showed up. What the um, heck? I know it's the tradition's dying. I think I, I, I truly think that going trick or treating is a dying tradition in the country. It could be a thing of the past by the time we have kids that are old enough to. That I, is, I, yeah, that breaks my heart. I've seen a ton of videos of like. People just sitting and waiting out on their porches and stuff, and like no kids show up. Gosh, dude, that breaks my heart. Let me tell you this though, there is hope. You come to my friggin' neighborhood up here. <laughs> good grief, I've never seen so many trick or treaters in my life. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think we're the farthest. Like, well, like North Tulsa is like pretty uh, sketchy, as they say. Sure. And uh, so, you know, we don't live in North Tulsa, but. You, you get too much farther in uh, that direction from our house, and things go downhill a little bit, you know? Yeah. So we're kind of the one of the few kind of, you know, there's a couple buffer neighborhoods in between us, but um, we're kind of like one of the farthest north, really, you know, fairly nice neighborhoods. Plus, like our neighborhood oh, wow. has some, oh, I'm rich, uh, has like a really, <laughs> has this Facebook page, and it's just wild all the time, you know? Uh, city drama and, drama and the likes, but um, what it does do is coordinate this wild Halloween thing. So they have a map on there with pins on every house that's going to be serving candy. What? They have pins that are different colored if you're going to be serving like alcohol for parents, if you've got full-size candy bars, if you've got hot what? chocolate, food. There is literally um, a whole block they shut down just for, like, fire pits, games, stuff like that. We had no idea. Well, we knew what it was going to be good, or we'd heard it's going to be good. And um, we go over, we just put our fire pit out in the driveway and do the next thing I know, I looked down the street, and there's a group of, like, 40 kids walking towards my house. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, I don't think I have enough candy for this. Like, it's going to be tight. So I went stingy at first, you know, just piece or two. I kind of felt yeah. bad, but you know, I'm like, there's a lot of there's a lot of houses in this neighborhood hand out candy, and um, dude, the kids kept coming. So I, I I really backed it down to one for a while. It was tough. That's but tough. You never want to be the one candy person, right? House. Right. I, I didn't want I mean, to. That's just. Like, I had to as as a kid. I'm, I like walk up. I'm like. Really, like you own a, you literally live in a house, and I'm only getting one piece of candy. Yeah, I was so judgmental. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was judging myself, except that we weren't handing out like one, like you know, uh, 
crackle. You know those little tiny uh, orange, like nasty. You know we didn't, we were having yeah. some good stuff, some Snickers okay. and M and M's and stuff. So yeah. we were at least giving good stuff. But I was sitting there, and I just knew it was unsustainable if I kept up the current trajectory. So, so you weren't tossing out fruit by the foots every kid. That was well, the treasure that I would get sometimes. Dude, there was... I got like a fruit by the foot, man. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, one house that was before us, kind of on the little trail, that was handing out giant pixie sticks, which that's freaking oh, awesome. And immediately showed you up. Oh, yeah. I mean, put me to shame. Then I saw like kids with like ramen noodles in their... <laughs> What? Buckets and of candy and stuff. I, I don't know, dude. It's probably, it's probably cheaper. Honestly, honestly, that's probably like that's probably like a nickel per ramen noodle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that crap is so cheap. I don't even know how much it costs anymore. Oh, because you don't, uh, you can afford rich people food, huh? Duh, I live in Tulsa now. Everyone's rich up here, huh? No, but uh, we did literally have like probably, I'm just guessing, I have no idea, but probably like 100, 150 kids come by. It was it was actually a good time. But I That's will say fun. at one point, like kind of like a too old to be trick-or-treating kid walked up, like wearing a kind of clown mask, like actually kind of creepily, like didn't really talk. And I yeah. did, like, at first, like, kind of get a little nervous. And then I was like, oh, hang on. This is Halloween. It's not like some random, you know, Joe is walking up in my driveway right now. Like, but uh, anyway, nothing too scary, though. So lots of costumes. At the end, uh, whenever the candy was dwindling down, you know, we just had, like, a bunch of, like, uh, Hershey kisses and, like, kind of weird stuff like that. And... Yeah. Um, so we started making them uh, do Fortnite dances for more candy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, my god! Got a lot of gritties and some orange justice. You know the drill. <laughs> so it was fun. <laughs> Dude, I'm already looking forward to next year. I want to put a coyote call out so badly, though, just to see what happens. Maybe gosh. I should, maybe I should come up there with Doris next time, next Halloween. That sounds a lot of fun. Dude, please Doris do. Doris loves seeing all the kids. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I'm sure she would bring a lot of candy. She probably would. Yeah. yeah. I think at any one time, she's got at least a half pound just <laughs> scattered around her room. Oh, and, and she's not, she doesn't have to avoid it, you know? No. AKA, she's not obese. No, she is not. She can crush a ton of candy and yeah. she'll lose weight. Is she a player of the game candy crush uh no but she can crush candy i'll file that she away She could go pro go pro huh yeah she could use a go pro all right so uh, that segues into our first sponsor of the channel GoPro. GoPro. Uh, <laughs> I'm have you ever thought to yourself i really want to wear a stupid-looking box on top of my head that's kind of uncomfortable and a little tight, and then you're going to forget to even press the button and turn it on. We have the company for you. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Or like me, you accidentally say cuss words on camera and still miss the <laughs> shot when you do actually remember to record. 
But anyway, here we are. I've talked to the Lord and God forgiveness for that one. So, um, no, I think uh, tonight we're going to cover a few things. We got a lot. Man, like we say, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm, I was geeking out on my or, my evening jog looking at the leaves. My goodness. The maples are turning go. red. I just like a... Uh-oh. Oh. On the hot seat. How far did you go? Ayo, ayo. Now, uh, 2.75 miles. Not very 27 far. 27 and a half 27 miles. and a half miles. Ran a marathon plus some change. Pretty cool. Cam Haynes cool. over here. Oh, yeah. Call me Cam. That's um, how you train for waterfowl. Well, I wanted to show my friend David uh, that he's really not that impressive. So that was yeah. my third marathon of the day. But, yeah, I'm really just yeah. trying to get in, in shape for waterfowl season. You never know how fast and how far you're going to have to run waders to get to your hole. So You never know if you're going to have to park the truck more than a quarter mile away. <laughs> yep, and forget your honey buns. Good grief. I literally, there's no time that I eat worse than when I'm hunting. Little Debbie's, honey buns. Yeah, that's just like, I mean, you hit the gas station at 5 a.m. and it's all just calling to you. Yeah, and it all sounds good. But really yeah. what's calling to me when I'm the hungriest is probably the four-year-old cliff bar that's a brick Tamlin in the bottom <laughs> of my backpack. Been in there for Calorie so long, dense. it's just flat. Calorie dense. Yeah. I found one in the river fishing a few weeks ago, put it in my uh, backpack just in no, case of emergencies. No, you didn't. I literally did. It was brownie flavored, and it wasn't expired yet. Like, surely. It was floating in the river? Yeah, in the Upper Illinois River. It's like a nice, clean mean? river. Like it was like on that Wait. bank. Like someone had been fishing and dropped it. Okay. So that's what you think? That's what you think happened. What, what do you mean? Someone's going to just lace some cliff bar with fentanyl and put it no, on the bank? No, it's not going to get. Okay, well, it very well could be the. Okay, scenario. A typical stereotype of fly fishermen is that they all are stoners. Yeah. Uh, let's say this guy was a stoner. Sounds like it from the brownie flavor. <laughs> and he got some marijuana that maybe was in some Sinaloa packages that maybe got mixed in with something else. You don't know. Two, can you can you ensure the integrity of the packaging of that cliff bar? Well, if I decide to eat it, I'm going to open it up and check it out. You didn't check. Did you check it first or did you just put it in there? Well, I mean, I gave it a, a once over. I didn't like get a magnifying glass out or anything, but oh I didn't see any holes in it. It just was a little dirty. You disgust me. I, I haven't even eaten it. You're you're planning on it if if it comes to it. Absolutely, I am. That's why I have freaking. I have. You're gonna old eat river bars. brownie. I have You're old eat cliff river bars brownie in every backpack that I own, just in case I need a I'm, snack. I'm fine with the old cliff bars that you purchased yourself. I'm not fine with the river brownie cliff bar that, as far as we know, is laced with fentanyl. Package is open, has a microbiome starting to grow inside of it. Yeah. If I open it up. And you're going to eat it. No, I, if you open it up, I think you're going to eat it anyways. I, I'm going to, we're going to eat it on Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to eat it in the deer blind with you now. No. I literally am. Don't open it. Yes. I'm going to eat it in the deer blind. Just, just to show you that it's, it's still good. 
It's a brownie flavor. Are you kidding? It's river brownie. <laughs> it's no. river stoner brownie is now, what you got. I've put some brownies in the river. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, probably in the northern Illinois, which is my point. It's the upper Illinois. Same thing. Northern <laughs> is upper. Uh, for some rivers in the northern hemisphere. How does that feel to just get owned like that? Dude, I'm, I cannot uh, wait I'm to eat this I'm not the one eating a river brownie. I'm I like, cannot wait to eat this in front of you. What were you doing? What were you doing besides eating river brownies up there? Glenn? I was fishing. Catching the biggest smallmouth I've ever caught in my whole Oklahoma fishing career. Probably took the biggest bong rip of your old fishing career <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I fell in and my dad pen got ruined. So I had to yeah. pack a quick bowl in the boat and puff one Dude. up. So. Did you actually? Did you actually catch a really big smallie? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Did I post it? I don't think we posted it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. did I we? think. Yeah, I think I did it with. Well, I did a a reel and a. Uh, I did it with the um, guy I was with, uh, September twenty fifth, and September thirteenth. I was with my dad's friend, Greg Dodds, great guy. He does some guiding up there, and um, he would be a fun guest. We may need to get him on. He was in the Army for a while. Now he's like an airplane mechanic, and uh, the dude just literally fishes. Smuggler. Yeah, he smuggled drugs for Pablo Escobar, all sorts of stuff. So I cannot believe you're so upset about this brownie. It's not that I'm upset. I'm not upset about it. I'm just, I'll kick you out of the blind. We'll have to fight for who gets to stay in the blind if you open that up in the same blind as me. That's going to be our good luck charm. That's going to be you. You're going to be spraying brownies after you eat that. No way, dude. Yes, Cliff Bars have a lot of fiber, but I'm really, I'm, if it tastes bad, I'm not going to like keep eating it, but. Okay. Uh, you're past the point. If you know if you know it tastes bad, you're past the point. Uh, I, I, we might have to change the subject because that's just Small not mouth. true. Smallmouth, how'd you catch this thing? On the fly rod. Um, in the it, river. Yeah, in the river. Uh, in the fall, they eat a lot of bait fish, small minnows, and the likes. So, pretty much white flies in the little any structure or hole got demolished by a smallmouth. It was so much really? fun. Yeah, I there's mean... A, there's a ton in there. I didn't know that there was like a ton in the Illinois. Yeah, I mean, there's... Northeast Oklahoma is a place that people from like up north in Michigan and stuff are like, whoa, like you're catching those in Oklahoma and they're like coming down to, to fish for them. Really? Yeah. It's like kind of crazy. Like we really have some impressive ones and also um, different. I swear I've talked about this, but they had um, they have different strains of them that are native to Oklahoma and stuff. And oh, yeah, just kind of yeah. this region, the Neosho strain. And so Neosho, um, that's it. I remember yep, that. Yep. So anyway, dude, we had a absolute blast. I mean, I caught a lot of fish and then swung um uh, pretty good sized fly down in just into a big log jam 
And uh, this absolute football just came out and <laughs> smashed it. It was awesome. <laughs> so we caught, I caught like, I think it was 16 or 17 inches, which that's pretty good size for a small mouth, especially in a river. Um, yeah. Just a beautiful bronze colored uh, fish. I've only, I've only ever caught like two or three small mouth probably in my life. Really? Probably more than that, but none of them very big at all either, so. Yeah, that was that was a, a that was the biggest one I've ever caught here. I caught bigger ones in Michigan just because I happened to be there during the spawn and yeah. <laughs> happened to be just fishing in the perfect place and stuff. But um, yeah, and they're the they're fun fish. Yeah, that is something. No, I don't know how you can live up there and not just complain about that constantly. I the the more you talked about it, the more I realized the cause of the Unabomber and like what kind of drove him to that. It was the skeeters and the black flies. You have to think like he's thinking to himself, we're ruining our society with these technological advances and nobody can make one where we can eradicate these pests in my state. And then he said, I'm, I'm mailing bombs, dude. I'm going to mail some bombs. It's the only option. That's that's all I got. Yeah, but also like in Texas and crap, they just drive down the roads, fogging the whole city for them. So I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that up there. Probably because truly, you can't. Like there's probably so many mosquitoes and water out there that you can't can't get rid of them. Let me let me try. Okay, sounds good. Um, we'll pause this, and then when you get back from trying, uh, we'll get an update. Guys, I just got back, and <laughs> cancer rates are up like 120%. <laughs> Put a dent in them, though. Uh, Malaria is down. So, you know, oh, also uh, definitely contaminated uh, Flint, Michigan's water again. Oh, uh, dang. Don't know if they actually got it fixed, but it's definitely not fixed now. All right. Thank- um, <laughs> that was really thoughtful of you, Hudson. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, back um, back to the show. Well, here, I'll, I'll, we can go down the mosquito rabbit hole here. Uh, fun fact. One time in college, I wrote a whole report on mosquitoes for my insect class and wrote it about how they, uh, you know, bite humans to get blood f- to live on and all this stuff. And uh, the final article I looked up, I just happened to be skimming through it to find something and uh, realized that my whole entire article, I just <laughs> pulled out of thin air because they only get blood to fertilize eggs or like to like feed their eggs. It is not at all to like survive on and so i had this whole presentation and research paper that i just found stuff to support what i was thinking and uh totally missed the ball there so thank gosh i didn't look like an idiot (laughs) other fun fact about that was uh there was (laughs) there was a guy in our class and um we were going around in our uh, professor was like, any bug you want to do a uh, 
any insect, excuse me, um, that you want to do a report on is great. So he's like, you know, if you want to do it on, you know, one girl's like, I want to do like a cockroach. And I was like, I'll do a mosquito. You know, someone's like grasshoppers. And there's one guy sitting in the back and he didn't say anything. And so they called on him like, hey, man, uh, what do you what uh, what do you want to do your report on? And he just like looks up and he just goes, bullfrogs. Bullfrogs. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, <laughs> it was one of those where you just start laughing, but you can't really laugh in front of him. So you're just kind of sitting there crying, trying to not <laughs> look at your friends. And I was in there with mean friends too. So yeah, it, it was a tough situation. But finally the press was like, okay, cool. You'll do a butterfly. <laughs> so didn't give it to him. Yeah, I didn't. Wouldn't let him do the bullfrog. Um, but anyway, that is uh, Michigan mosquitoes, dude. We should talk about Michigan maybe next uh, springtime or something because it is it is a special place. Now Doorsman's Paradise per se. But um, what we do want to talk about is uh, my most recent fishing trip to Arkansas. Over in the north portion. Some people say northwest Arkansas. It's more north central. But it's called the North Fork of the White River is where we were fishing. Many people have heard of the White River. Hudson, have you ever heard of the White River? Go. Heard of it. Heard of it. Nice. You win. Um, But basically that area there, um, there's a whole, the White River is pretty big river. Um, it fills up uh, Bull Shoals Lake. It fills up Table Rock Lake near Branson. It is flowing down and also fills up Norfolk Lake and um, Beaver Lake and probably some others that I'm just not aware of. So uh, it is a big river. If you've ever really been to Arkansas, you've probably seen something influenced by it, at least in the northern uh, portion but uh, what's cool about the White River and the North Fork is that it is literal trophy um, trout fishing. So they started putting trout in there. I, I probably should have looked this up um, sometime, I'm going to say in the 50s. And do you want to check that, Hudson? Yeah, I'll check that. Okay, uh, I'll just keep, I'll, uh, keep talking about it, though. Oh, wow. It says here that it was initially red trout. But McCarthyism got a hold of the people in the White River area, so they kind of all transitioned to rainbow trout to avoid (laughs) getting blacklisted. I knew you had some freaking stupid when you started talking that. I'm reading off. I'm I'm reading (laughs) off Wikipedia. Okay, Um, that's a cool way to spell troutunlimited.com. Anyway, they um, started stalking trout there a long time ago. And uh, realize, interrupting, late 1950s is what. Dude, is that what I guessed? Yeah, you said 1950s. Wait. Frick, yeah, I did. Wait. Oh, wait. No. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew I was right. Yes. And then, but then, sorry, and then I was reading about cutthroat trout. Cutthroat trout got to the North Fork of the White River in 1983. Okay. Anyways, that's. Doesn't matter at all. Glenn was right. Continue, Glenn. Let's go. Dude, that feels good. That feels good. Uh, but anyway, so basically started stalking trout there a long time ago. 
over 70 years ago. And um, they started taking off. What are you laughing at? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they started taking off and boom, a world-class fishery was born. Boom Um, These trout started growing and eating lots of food in the rivers that were created below these levees, a.k.a. strongholds. And uh, basically, these strongholds were put up to generate hydroelectric power. And uh, because of where the water comes out of the lake, a.k.a. the bottom, it's freaking cold as heck. So... um, the water coming out is cold and oxygenated. Boom. Perfect for a trout. So trout uh, need water, I think, under like 67 to survive. Yep. Uh, but like sub like 65 to uh, kind of live comfortably <laughs> or uh, effectively. So um, I didn't say 47, Hudson. I said 65. AK 47, you know? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Uh, and so, um, anyway, they uh, basically just created this perfect trout habitat. Um, then when the water's that cold and that good of uh, water quality, all sorts of um, aquatic invertebrates start growing there. And all sorts of things start happening. And uh, they started getting some big trout. So, multiple times... Over the uh, lifespan of these trout fisheries, there have been world record, and I actually did say world record, um, size trout come out of there. So um, these fish likely get to a point where they're so big that they just eat other fish. So um, trout are very fatty and uh, calorie dense. And so whenever you start eating other trout, you start getting big. That's why we used to see huge uh, largemouth bass in uh, California and things like that. So um, anyway, basically, it has a history of world record fish. Um, and so naturally, what do we do? We go visit. Um, so I've been going over there for a long time. There's a really cool trout stream there um, that flows into the North Fork. And it's called Dry Run Creek. And let me tell you this. If you have a kid or um, someone that is in a wheelchair, they can fish this place. And I am telling you, it is the it is going to be a life-changing situation for them, catching amazing fish. So basically, this small creek runs by this fish hatchery, and it flows into the North Fork. And uh, they put a ton of fish in this thing, and all these fish do is just sit there and eat, and then they flush out the fish hatchery, so a bunch of chunks of fish come out and just chum the water, and they get even fatter, and then it's catch and release only. So um, basically, it's just created this spot where kids and um, people that you know struggle to fish elsewhere... Um, accessibility wise get to catch these unbelievable fish and so it's like it's the coolest place ever um i just want to comment real quick on the uh world record i believe the last world record caught out of there 
was a few years ago, and it was a thirty-eight pound seven ounce brown trout. Good grief! And what? And you 30, say a few years ago, like the nineties? No, uh, no, like actually, like three years ago or something. Whoa! I, I have no idea. Help. There's several articles. Field and Stream. Are you sure? No, no. 2015 is when this was. There was there was like three articles, and I was looking at what the articles were made, and then I read and it, 2015. It looks okay. like okay. when that brown trout was caught. And that was right. at, you're convinced that was at the Norfolk or the White River? It was White River, Arkansas. Okay, White yes. River, okay. Guy from Kansas caught it. Okay. Um, I think the current one is from New Zealand right now. There's these ginormous brown trout, that Cibolo of Salmon Factory. And so all Cheaters. these salmon eggs and freaking uh, salmon chunks get flushed out of there and they get ginormous. Those freaking kiwi cheaters i know i know just put them down under and now all they do is eat shrimp on the barbie you know (laughs) i probably made some of the new zealand people so mad oh i know i hope so (laughs) my neighbor is from new zealand i think well at least her family is i've never asked her where she's from i would assume she's from new zealand but my brother well, mainly my brother's friend for a long time that he met playing a video game back in the early 2000s is from New Zealand, and they still keep in contact somehow. Dang, that's actually impressive. Yeah, it's like a 20-plus year friendship. <laughs> I love that. That is cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyways, sorry, so back ba- to the twout. Yeah, back to uh, Dry Run Creek. Anyway, there is monster fish. They're all catch and release, so... You know, no one's really catching and keep, no one is catching and keeping these ginormous fish. And yeah. uh, it just creates the perfect place to introduce um, someone to fly fishing. So I grew up as a kid. My dad was trying to get us out there from the second I was even halfway interested until literally my last trip we went. Um, and it was the week before I turned 16. So it's 16 and under, or, um, in a wheelchair, I think, I, I don't know what the exact uh, requirement on that front is. I'm not the accessibility expert, but. I think I think it's, you literally have to be dying. Uh, great, perfect. I haven't looked at all. Well, luckily, I imagine. Luckily, everyone is dying. Maybe non-ambulatory. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure if you have any kind of uh, mobility issues, uh, disabilities or whatever. I, I would like to say that. I hope they don't. Well, never mind. Uh, let's just keep going. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to get down that trail. Um, you know where I was going. Yeah, I think I do. And uh, and they don't they don't have uh, a lot of riffraff fishing. It's ninety nine percent kids. So uh, I think they're pretty strict on those rules. Anyway, and um, what race are they? <laughs> um, so they uh, basically we grew up fishing there, and I mean a big you know a big trout. I mean, a really nice trout. I would say maybe comparable to a three and a half pound bass. Maybe four pound bass is like 18 inches. And uh, I swear that was the average whenever I was there. Like, my dad would just be like, Do you want to fish a picture of that? And I'm like, Nah, I've already caught five of these. I'll catch five more. You know, like <laughs> just no factor at all. Um, so we just had the time of our lives growing up, going over there. Um, a funny story my brother. He's not the biggest fisherman as a kid, especially. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but my dad had us over there, 
And um, I was hands down the most interested in fishing. My little sister, she was kind of just there to wear her pink rubber boots and, you know, throw rocks in the river. My brother was, I think, just kind of being nice to my dad by acting interested. And um, then I was just all, I was just ate up with it. And so uh, I remember my dad would kind of just get me fishing and then go help the other two. And uh, I got I got kind of bored fishing. I caught a ton, and I looked over, and I started walking over, and I was standing behind my dad and my brother. And my dad's like, all right, whenever this little uh, strike indicator, the little bobber that holds the um, flies, whenever this thing goes underwater, I want you to just lift the rod tip. And so he casts it out there, and it goes under, and my dad's like, uh, did you see that? And my brother's like, oh, oh, yeah, is that what you're talking about? My dad's like, yep. And then it literally, I mean, two seconds later, boom, goes under again. My dad's like, yep, like, uh, yep, yep. Uh, and then my brother's like, oh, uh, was that another bite? And literally as I came out of his mouth, it went down again. And my dad's just sitting there like just trying to like figure out how to like explain this to my brother. He's like, yeah, okay. Little, not yell at it. Yeah. He's like, let's cast this again. He's like, remember, if it does anything weird, if it doesn't just flow down, like just set the hook. And so the next pass, the thing stops and then starts swimming upstream. <laughs> and my dad's like, set the hook, set the hook, set the hook. And my brother's like, what do you mean? <laughs> my dad's like, and by that time, you know, it let go. Yeah. And my dad's just sitting there shaking his head. And then you kind of like see a light bulb go off. And um, so he he's like, all right, cast it out there again. And then... uh it started going down, and uh, right as the bobber went under, my dad's like, hey, will you, uh, do you see Glenn back there? And so my brother turned with the rod and, like, set the hook on accident. <laughs> oh my and then, like, you know, had a fish on. So my dad was so freaking sly doing that <laughs> crap. Um, it was funny. I just remember dying laughing after that. Um, the other funny story about that place is it was probably pretty close to that same trip. I was probably like 10 or 11. And um, my dad obviously had some nice gear from running a fly shop and having access to all that stuff. And so, like, he would just give me whatever rod and reel that, you know, he brought for me and just kind of turned me loose. Um, and so I was walking around with, like, a really nice setup. And especially, like, Everything is way more expensive, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, that combo I had was probably, like, 1500 bucks, like, total. Like, I mean, as top of the line as you can get. And I'm just tootling along down the trail. And I see this old guy, like, kind of walking. And uh, he kind of looks up at me. And then, like, I kind of see his mouth open. And then he, like, kind of shuts it and looks at the ground. Then he looks back up. Looks at the ground and then like you can like see his like his wheels turn and then he just goes, son, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I interrupt you? And I was like, sure. And he goes, do you know how nice of an outfit you're carrying right now? <laughs> I was like, yeah, my dad told me to use it. And the guy's like, what the heck? Like, uh, OK, be careful. And like about that time, he looks up and sees my dad. He's like. Oh, thank gosh, Tom. I was so worried. <laughs> it was like the rep that sells that stuff to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he so was like, funny. only you would have your freaking young son carrying this crap around. So <laughs> it was just funny. Uh, so anyway, 
a lot of good memories, but um, every fall, my dad sets up a trip with all of his uh, old geezer friends, and they uh, they all have these rafts, um, which they would all get, get mad at me for calling them geezers, but they are kind of getting old, you know? Start retiring and start getting some gray hairs and moving a little slower. It's, it's kind of funny, Definition but... of geezer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> old. Um, anyway, so... Yeah, Tom's not the definition of a geezer yet. <laughs> Tom's a say it. weezer. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, we go over there every fall. Well, he goes over there every fall, takes a tr- group, you know, trip with a group of his friends, usually between 10 and 15 um, guys that he's fly fished with yeah. over there for like a long time. And so... Uh, it's just a good time. All these old dudes, you know, get out of the house away from their wives or, you know, are out there yeah. and just get to be the boys again. And it's funny, just kind of like, you know, you. I went like probably my, well, I probably started going maybe my freshman year of college or something or senior year of high school. And they were still, you know, fairly quiet around me. And then now, like, it's just no holds barred. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that comes into their head, they're saying it. So I'm just in tears listening to, you know, these old dudes make, you know, jokes that definitely they're not making at home. So, yeah. Uh, but we went over there uh, just a couple weeks ago, usually towards the end of October, this last or second to last weekend um, of October is whenever we usually do it. And um, so we went over there just a couple weeks ago here and, uh, just got after it. They all, my dad included, have these little pontoon kind of raft boats. So kind of like think of a float tube, but like with a metal frame on it and a chair and some yeah. oars. Um, so, you know, you see some of them like for whitewater rafting and stuff, but mm-hmm. these are either one to two man um, kind of versions of that. And uh, it's hilarious because now just all of them have these and they're starting to like upgrade them and trick them out and stuff. Just classic guys being dudes, you know, just like, oh, nice anchor, dude. Like, I'm going to get that or I just got these new oars. Yeah, nice anks, bro. Um, And then there's also these two guys that come that are 80 and 81, and it was awesome. They were in an inflatable kayak just bebopping down the river. Probably and slaying them. Oh, yeah, dude. They caught tons of fish. But I was just sitting there thinking, like, this is my dream to be 80 years old yeah. and still, like, willing to just send it with the boys, you know, That's down a freaking river. To convert, you've been trying to convert me and others to get better at fly fishing. That's right. And I got to gotta start now because then by the time you're 80, you'll be capable I'm <laughs> able to catch a fish. <laughs> no, we just you just haven't brought me yet. I think that's the real ticket. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, you did almost catch that giant bass that I broke off. That was that was a fat boy. Yeah. That was a nice he was, fish. He's a good little fighter. Gosh that, dang. That would have been. Yeah, that would have been my fly rod PR. But uh-huh. you know, you win some, you, you lose some. And Joe was, Schmo over here yeah. on the net. Freaking chuck wagon over here. Can't land a fish, no Edwards. <laughs> I will Boom. never, never lose a fish like Noah lost for a landing. I can't do it. 
Poor Noah catches strays just randomly. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, we went over there, and uh, it's funny. Whenever you fish a place like that at the same time of year for, Lord knows, 20 years, like, you've got it dialed in. You know exactly the food is not changing where the you know the river changes for sure but the food and the technique stays the same it's just like you know what what changed in the river you know so maybe the location might slightly change um yeah but even that's not super drastic and so it's just funny they've got it dialed in everyone knows the exact drill what flies to put on and uh you know, it's just funny because they have a, a name for every little gravel bar and island in the river, you know? So, like, it's like, oh, that's the, uh, you know, the trespassing hole and that's the lunch spot and that's the, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Paul's or whatever. You know, there's like, there used to be an yeah, old just- guy that whenever you would uh, fish near, like behind his house, he would back his boat in and fire up the engine <laughs> just what? to try and scare off fish. What? Yeah, he was crazy. I forgot what, what his name was. Freaking D-bag. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be catching hands. Or at least I'd be launching some rocks over there. <laughs> or a fly at him. Yeah, just freaking smoke him. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt if he like whipped it perfectly and it just like popped him yeah well just ask me oh. my dad freaking smoked me in the neck one time with a big old fly uh. <laughs> it hurt so bad <laughs> um but we uh we got after it they uh obviously everyone brings just a ton of food and junk food and pie and stuff so we had like pulled pork and bratwurst and uh everyone loves my mom's lemon pie or lemon cake it's like just next level, uh, just next level dessert. And, um, basically everyone just eats and then we just absolutely get after it. So we spent two, well, my dad and I did a speed float on the first day because we got out there a little late and, um, caught a few fish on the way down, really just kind of just tried to rush down the river to still get on the river and catch a few fish, but to kind of catch up with everyone so we could get a ride back up to our truck. <laughs> and um, then we, uh, the second day, just had a really full day to get after it. So we stopped everywhere we wanted to, and it was like really pretty warm. Like it was like mid 70s, low 80s, even. That's awesome. So it was like my dad wasn't even wearing waders. Um, I was, but. Uh, it was like just beautiful days and dude, just bald eagles flying around everywhere. We watched one, um, come down and catch a fish. And then he tried to land in this, which was sick. Then he tries to land in this tree across from us, lands on a rotten branch. The branch breaks and like he starts falling. So we dropped the fish and then like flew off. We were like, Oh my gosh. Oh, my God. That's so sick. It was pretty cool. But then, dude, just the leaves are changing. You're hooking up with fish after fish. Um, I fished for a while with, like, a big O fly, just kind of looking for big fish, kind of hunting around in the deeper water and stuff just to see uh, if a big boy might be uh, willing to munch. So I kind of like 
that more, you know, there's a point where I sure love catching fish. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I'm like, man, I kind of want to take it to the next level and start really hunting instead of just catching. So, uh, we had just a ton of fun, dude. Some guys caught big fish. Um, I don't think there was any trout over 20 inches, but there was a couple right there at, at 20 inches. So, um, which is a big trout, you know, probably, yeah. I don't know, equivalent to maybe a six pounder or s- seven, maybe bass. If I'm doing the equation, That's- pretty rare, but not like, you know, it's not like it's never going to happen, but it's, it's fairly rare. You're not usually breaking that high yeah. of fish. So there's definitely bigger ones out there. There's definitely a lot smaller ones, but, uh, you know, just a lot of good fish caught, um, then just tons of laughs and stuff, hanging out and stuff. So I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not the most hardcore fly fisherman. I like to just get out there. I like to catch some fish, get the monkey off my back, and then, dude, it's snack and chill time for me. <laughs> so I'm just eating cosmic brownies and just follow my dad around and yap his <laughs> ear off and take some pictures and then sit back down and do it again. So sure. It's it's just nothing nothing more fun. Um, sometimes we'll do a night float of the river, which is kind of scary, but like really, it's a fun time because um, the biggest fish there uh, they just hunt at night, and so oh, really? yeah, yeah. So like you know, twenty inch fish probably on the border, but um, you start getting fish bigger than that, and they don't really come out during the day. Because, you know, just so many people are fishing and stuff. Yeah. And plus, they need every advantage to catch, you know, bigger prey. And so, uh, basically, a lot of guys go out at night and throw big um, mouse patterns or frog patterns and catch them on top water, which is wild. There's, um, I'm not trying to give shout outs, but. There's a guy on Instagram named Trout Trap, and uh, he does, like, guided uh, mousing fishing out there at night, and, dude, it's cool. So me and my dad have done that a few times. Um, I've never done a full float of the river, but we've gone out and uh, looked around for some big ones, uh, throwing mice patterns, and uh, one time we were up in this kind of big pool below the dam. Oh, gosh dang it, Hudson. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me for cussing? Oh dang it! I I didn't even I was I was didn't even register it. You know who did? And I know he did. Daxton Stout. Yeah, he called you out for it on a post he made earlier. He did, and that's okay. I'm glad he did. I'm yeah, glad he needs, did. We need people like him to keep us accountable. <sighs> well, to keep you accountable, me, yeah. I'm pretty pretty straight on straight shooter here. Yeah, I've already discussed my uh, cussing habit these days, especially whenever I'm hunting with a GoPro on. Apparently, profanity comes out of my mouth. Yep. I've changed. I really have, and I'm, I'm ashamed of it. I need to yeah, go back to church. I need to, I, I, I need to get right with the Lord. So yeah, uh, that's a daily thing for me, though. So we'll keep working on it. But anyway, um, we were fishing below the stronghold, just kind of a big area. You know, there's a lot of fish out there hunting, looking around. And uh, I'm throwing like a big old mouse fly. And I don't know like really how to describe it. 
probably about the length of a credit card. Maybe if you cut a credit card like hot dog style, you know, probably yeah. like that with a little bit of a tail on the end, maybe an inch or so of a tail. So pretty, that's, that's a big fly to throw. Um, and, uh, I cast it out there and dude, I hit the water, it hits the water and I like twitch it. And then I just hear like, and I was like, it kind of sounded like a toilet flush. And I'm like, huh? So I just waited a couple seconds. And then like, I just set the hook. Like I was freaking cranking something on a black and blue jig, you know? I just set it as hard as I could and it just stopped. And then just the fight was on. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like end of October. It's freaking cold out. We got no lights on. I'm just fighting this thing, trying to get the line untangled out of stuff. I'm reeling. I'm like, dad, this thing is huge. He's like, well, duh, it's freaking spooling you right now, pal. And I'm fighting this thing in. <laughs> and we get it close. I'm like, all right, Dad, get the net ready. He gets in, turns on the light, sees it, scoops it. And I look over there, and it was a four-pound largemouth bass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> in like this 60 or 55-degree water, just smashed a topwater mouse fly That's at freaking 11 p.m. at night. It was so funny. We were both just in tears laughing. It was awesome. So uh, anyway, we always try and spice it up and, you know, play some of those other games out there. So um, really historically, we'll probably, we were, me and Hudson were talking a little bit about um, the river and stuff, and maybe we'll do a podcast just devoted to it, talk about some spots to stop, um, some options for fishing it. Um, but really what's What's cool about it is there is a ton of fish in the North Fork River. There's a the White River is, a, is more well known and probably has more quantity of bigger fish, but it's a little more um, up and down. The North Fork is just extremely consistent with a lot of fish and some good ones sprinkled in there. So um, uh, it's really cool. There's cycles on both rivers, um, what times of year and what you might catch big ones on. Um, but really in the fall, um, we're fishing a lot of, uh, I'm just going to name some flies. So if you're ever interested in going over there, just go in, see my dad and say, here are some flies I need. I'm going in the fall to the North Fork. Um, always, um, egg and bead patterns. Uh, usually those are good because kind of look like a little salmon egg or a chunk of corn. No, I'm kidding. I don't chum the waters too much. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But an egg pattern is always good, especially if the water's up. It kind of gets their attention. Um, And then below that, uh, some sort of thing. So like a little scud or a little um, midge. We catch a lot on zebra midges, which is a like a, you know, just kind of like a fly, a regular old fly. Uh, it's a, like a larvae version of that. So trout eat a lot of those. Um, there's a couple other flies that uh, people use a lot called the Waltz Sexy Worm and the Waltz Worm. Um, those both nice. catch a lot. Um, yeah, we could go hold down a whole rabbit trail, even uh, some caddis imitations and stuff like that. But Really, if you fish a zebra midge in a bead, um, sometimes mop flies weren't good too. 
Um, but really what it is more than anything is you put on one of those flies and then you just make sure it's in the strike zone. So Hudson, what do we, what's the most important thing when we're fly fishing that idiot Glenn has had to learn the lesson on 58 times. If you got to fish deep enough. Thank right? you. Yep. That's literally, that okay. <laughs> that's literally the only thing you have to do. So your what pause are, scared me for a second. I no. was like, I just, I just said the complete wrong answer. <laughs> no, you literally hit the nail on the head there. So yeah, as long as you have a, uh, you know, a bead, an egg, a worm, a mop fly with a midge or a scud below it, you're going to catch fish if it's deep enough and in the right, right spot. So, um, it's, it's fun. It is a ton of fun, tons of fish. And then dude, you're just sitting there. And of course, old Glenn's just looking at the trees around, changing leaf colors. Gosh, just nothing better. The hills, some a cool breeze coming off the cold water. Man, it is. It's a good time. So I'm going to take my canoe over there sometime. I just want to conquer the river in it and prove I can do it. So that would be sick and probably pretty hard. Yeah, I hope I'd probably tip it over at least once. So. Guess I'd need to wear my swimsuit or my skivvies. But that's my what? <laughs> you know I stay strapped with that banana colored speedo. Yeah, I know. I know. We all know. <laughs> what was yours? Pink? No. Mine had mine or was, was like orange? black and orange. Okay, yeah. Like <laughs> I think I had another one too, but I can't remember. I think I had two had like he doesn't still put them on every night to no yeah i got one on right now it's try- <laughs> over the years though it's been so worn it's more like a g-string <laughs> oh <laughs> it says fishing line down the middle <laughs> oh oh my i feel like that might ride up a little bit you got some like seventy yeah. pound test on there. <laughs> you need, need some sturdy. You need you need you need that uh, that heavy test. And I'm oh I know it's not clear a line either. We don't want to muddy anymore. up the waters per se. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> it oh is very busy. Oh my! Yeah, it's no uh, no small trout fishing string, is it? It's a true OG string. Well, Glenn, is the uh, plan next week? We're hopefully gonna hit hit the folks with a little uh, potentially a recording from inside a deer blind, but definitely like a little post hunt podcast. Is that a is that the rumor on the street? I've heard it whispers. I think that's the plan. I think that is the plan. We are uh, heading out to uh, I would consider it central, northeast central Oklahoma. We'll just say northeast ish Oklahoma. Yeah, we can say northeast ish uh, to a buddy's land. And we are going to watch Hudson shoot the biggest fish or the biggest freaking deer of his whole life. So we posted about it. 
on. Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Where is this video? No, that's not it. Dang, I can't. F- oh, here it is, dude. Good grief. December 12th, we posted about it. There are some monster deer out there. I'm frothing yeah. at the mouth to get after them. If you are listening to this, I mean, this will be out on Tuesday. So uh, this coming Saturday, if you're listening to this, uh, it's going to be the 11th. It's uh, going to be a high of 62 degrees, low of 40, two days post front. It's going to be insane. Uh, it might be, be absolutely. It might be insane. running. They might be running around out there. They're, they're the the young ones. The young ones last weekend were chasing a little bit. Gosh dang! It. And probably Saturday is when the big boys are going to start getting the girls. So good grief! Well, I'm going to go uh, duck hunt in the morning, and then. <laughs> Good. And then we'll go out and freaking deer hunt. So, yeah, dude, hopefully. there's a chance we we freaking stick a toad. Yeah, and at the very least, I hopefully a hog walks out. Shoot a hog. Well, are you gonna shoot a doe if one comes out? I don't. I unless unless I am told by the landowner that they need a doe put down. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, but if not, then I'll, I won't. Save that for uh, giving someone else the work. Yeah. Yeah. Or just to make sure, keep the keep the bucks coming in throughout the rest of the rut. Yeah. Um, but, dude, if a, if a pig comes by, it's going to be dangerous because there's going to be an arsenal in that blind. Yeah. I think I'm going to bring my AR. Yeah. I think you should. Okay, hang on. I've been curious about this. This will be our final discussion for the the uh, episode here. Do you think that, um, like, so let's say shooting light is at 630, all right? Like, you can't shoot after 630. You're sitting there. I mean, you're, you're amp. You're getting deer coming through. And at about 5, a big old pig walks out. All you got is a rifle, and you freaking shoot. You shoot that thing right in the dome, and it drops. Do you think you're you've scared off all the deer for the evening? Yeah, probably. You think so? I think so. Uh, sh- shooting a rifle, yeah, I would bet that. And I don't. I know that the pig would be dead, but I also feel like they would just like see it. Uh-huh, like out, like, maybe if it was out in a food plot or something, I think that they would still like kind of see the outline and be like, ugh. Yeah, what's happening out there, boss? Yeah, there's, there's, if there's one there, there's probably more, and they're probably just gonna avoid it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that they would be, and you know, maybe other people have different experiences, but I, I, I think you'd be done for, dunsky for the evening. Might as well get down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of curious about that because I've also heard like stories of like you know people shooting a big buck. And, like, it's laying there dead, and then, like, you know, 30 minutes later, some other buck comes over, like, smelling it, ready to freaking fight. Yeah, I I don't know about, like, doing that with a, with guns or not. Well, I'll tell you a story. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I'll tell you a story. My So I've shot two deer in my life, three deer in my life. 
pretty impressive. I know. Hold the applause. And uh, on the third deer that I shot, um, I was sitting in a stand. We were definitely kind of post-rut, but there was still kind of some rutting action. Rut is whenever deer breed. And um, this uh, doe comes through, and my dad was like, hey, we haven't shot a deer. Like, if you see one, just blast it. It's like, great. <laughs> so, dude, I saw this doe coming through, and I just took a deep breath and put her down just smoked her and so she kind of ran off behind me i knew i had a good shot and i'm sitting there just hyperventilating i'm so excited and dude this buck comes running through on the exact same trail i mean not 10 minutes later head down just sniffing and it went right towards where that deer ran kind of interesting he's just just a dog i I mean and he could have been over a hill or something but i don't know i'm just thinking out loud i've been pondering this for the week yeah, no, there's definitely um, acoustic shadows in the woods. Uh, I think that's the technical term. I think I've talked about that before. Crazy little phenomenon. Maybe get into it later. But, yeah. Um, well, definitely during the rut, I feel like a buck would be much less inclined to take heat or be scared off by a loud noise um, if he's on the, on the trail for some tail so i I mean i can't blame a guy for doing anything when he's on the trail chasing uh, some tail yeah i mean what's he what's he supposed to do huh right what's he guys run away from the gunfire yeah not a chance no sir no he's running towards it no towards the love of his life that's right his corazón (laughs) his amor anyway uh (laughs) no more espanol solo in inglés Por este momento. Y uh, es todo por hoy. Y entonces necesito decir adios. Gracias. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will catch you next time. Coming at you live, hopefully, from a deer hunt, either pre, either post, maybe in it. But we're going to be posting a big buck down, I hope, next week. B-B-D. That's right. Okay, uh, thank you guys for listening. Tell someone about the podcast. We really appreciate any messages or anything you want to send our way. It feels good. Stokes the flame. We have some cool guests actually lined up for the fall here. We promise. Actually, we say that every time. Trust me, it's going to be good. So, Hudson, with that, any final words? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. All right. Well, I've got nothing Wait. else either. Oh. Wait. Uh, why is a raven like a writing desk? What? Why does it's a gonna... raven like a writing desk? Why is a raven like a writing desk? Why is it like one? Why is a raven the bird like a writing desk? That is the riddle I leave posed into the ether. And maybe we'll revisit it next week if I remember at all. Okay, sounds good. That's what I'm leaving us with. Perfect. All right, I'm in. Thank you for those wise words of wisdom. If you know anything about raven crossbows or a desk, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, catch you all next week. See ya. See ya.